Ashes to ashes, funk to funky, we know Major Tom's a junkie, strung out in heaven's high, hitting an all-time low, with Sophia's Choice, the podcast that tastes better reheated. <laughs> and like, like David Bowie did in his hit song, Ashes to Ashes, this week's episode of The Golden Girls has the Goldens reminding the audience of previous highs, but as I tend to do, I've gotten ahead of myself. Let me take a take to introduce you to a man who has a lot of gall, Ski. Hello, friends. And a man who has no gall at all, Alan. <laughs> Hello. It hit just as well this time, by the way. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. As you may have heard from our last episode, uh, this is a, a re-record because um, mm-hmm. something was was kind of jacked up with the audio. And, and mm-hmm. once again, did you finish your intro, Brent? I still got more to go, oh, but okay. you can tell him. Well, you're doing great so far. Thank uh, you. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. And, and his uh, reference about the no-gall is uh, my gallbladder surgery I had exactly. at this point about a month ago. I went swimmingly. Yeah. So. It was my deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I came up with that joke last time. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to lose it. Oh, I'm glad, I'm glad you included it again this second time exactly. around. So I'll go ahead and let you finish off your intro, though. All right. So if this is your first time joining us, I'd like to take a moment to tell you a few things. First, there's better Golden Girls content out there. You're encouraged to check it out. I'm sure you'll find something to your liking. But if you're a junkie like Major Tom and your drug of choice is Golden Girls-related content, this week Alan will be your pusher man. Hmm. He's going to offer up a recap of the episode, and then we're all going to pick our MVPs and favorite lines then we're going to assign a score to the episode. My hope for this podcast is that we'll be able to decide which episode of the Golden Girls is the best. And my hope for you is that before that happens, you'll kick your nasty podcast listening habit and get clean. Without further ado, here's this week's recapper, Alan. <laughs> so I think that you delivered it excellent. Um, okay. Yeah, the first half and the second half after being interrupted, yeah. both both <laughs> well done. Uh, that said, I don't agree with your sentiment. Um, while You're not I'm recapping sh- it? I am recapping it, but the okay, sentiment... Okay, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> what's to disagree with? Everything <laughs> else is scientific fact. <laughs> Listen, the episodes themselves, the, the episodes of the Golden Girls, of course, that's the gold standard of Golden mm-hmm. Girls material. Yeah, okay. it, it's the source material. Okay. Outside of that, don't be pushing for the other act- uh, avenues. <laughs> Why not? He even tries to steer him away from podcasts altogether. Well, I think he tries to steer him away from this podcast altogether. <laughs> I don't know if he's hoping that if our listenership gets low enough <laughs> that he'll get out of a season or two of I'm those. thinking of your bottom line. I mean, you send out too many more stickers. <laughs> All of this could go away. <laughs> trying to save you a, a couple of stamps. Yeah, well, that's a my generous of you. Yeah. I, I, I will concede one point, okay? Okay. You know, Stacy recently went on record about how we were not ninth rate. We'd gone up to seventh rate. Right. And it would be disrespectful of me towards her okay. if I, you know, badmouth the podcast. Oh, okay. So I'll go ahead and take it back for now. <laughs> but, but, but if Stacy stops listening, I reserve the right to <laughs> trash this podcast at the end of my days. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I will burn this podcast to the ground and pee-pee on the ashes. You know, it's not far from where the podcast is to the ground. You're just burning a very small structure to begin with. It won't take much accelerant. It's like an outhouse full of hay. Maybe it starts out as an ass box. Yeah. It's me, just always burning the smallest bridge possible. Right. <laughs> I go through the drive-thru at Arby's and I leave, fuck you! <laughs> now is that before you get your food or after? <laughs> there are occasions.
occasions when you're a little soft spoken on the podcast. I think you just broke a couple eardrums with your Arby's fuck you. <laughs> what the hell is that? Is that a nephew to Arby's itself or just whoever you're getting the food from the time? <laughs> it's to whomever fired the hot manager of the one balance. I was I was literally just about to bring that up that the that was when I found out that Brent would be a horrible business owner. <laughs> there, there was an attractive, uh, an attractive lady that worked at the uh, Arby's near my house, uh-huh. and Brent said that he would pay her, I think, like seventy thousand dollars a year to be the manager at an Arby's because <laughs> it, I guess he thought that she would drive enough business <laughs> that it wouldn't be worth it. So, wow. Yeah, and I was like, is she, yeah. is she just working there, or is she? Working there. <laughs> just working. Everything above board, you know. And she's not like a, you know, high school girl working at the Domino's of Stanley Homes. <laughs> no, no. Or so one of those sweet she was young like girls that Brent Domino's, yeah, Domino's that adjacent. Sweet young girls. Like she was like 28, 29, something like that. Maybe, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, uh, Lucy? Seemed like she had a head for business. Well, no, he's talking about the, the, the manager that he's referring to. Uh, yeah. Arby's. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's been a while back now at this point. Uh, yeah, it's been God bless her years, too, guys. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Wherever she's at now, mm-hmm. being beautiful. She <laughs> can own the Arby's for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if, if the owner of that was paying her that way, then she probably could have afforded to buy it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> years later. She owns three or four Quiznos <laughs> franchises. <laughs> <laughs> so... Anyways, but I did want to mention a couple uh, listener mm-hmm. interactions that we have. Yeah. Um, I, I do, again, want to throw out there, if uh, if you haven't gotten a sticker yet and you want one, I know mm-hmm. we originally put a timeline on that, but that timeline is gone. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're listening to this, if you hear it, reach out to us. We'll be happy to send you one. Yep. Uh, Looking at you, CJ. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. CJ, Angel, Trisha, we definitely want to get some out mm-hmm. to you. Pick me. Mm-hmm. Um, Arby's girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brent will send you seventy thousand. <laughs> but uh, you, you make me grab my local newspaper and check the misconnections. <laughs> Did you go to Arby's fifteen years ago? <laughs> I was working the drive-through. Yeah. <laughs> you ordered a big Montana. They don't, they don't sell them anymore. <laughs> I'm the one who put the single curly fry in with your (laughs) potato wedges. It was in the shape of a heart. I made a funny. You said, oh, you. <laughs> very nice. Very nice indeed. Yeah, yeah well done, Brent. Well Thank done. You. <laughs> <laughs> well, just to mention these couple of interactions, <laughs> they, they were not with an Arby's as a manager, as far as I know. Uh, we, we did get a message from CJ. Uh, it was. It was in reference to one of our other episodes. Yeah. Um, I don't remember which specific episode, uh-huh. but he was uh, talking about uh, that when he was in his younger days, uh-huh. in his stoner days, he said okay, nice. he had ordered uh, maybe 20 to 100 hard tacos. the range. So between 20 and 100. Right. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a financial disclosure form for politicians. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
does leave a little wiggle room. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Between 20 and 100. Well, I hope it's closer to the three-digit number than that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if you're trying to sell, it, I bet it depends on uh, how close to closing time it was, you know, as to how many tacos they gave him. It could be. What do you mean? You think they just were trying if, to get rid of he, all no, their old taco meat? If he said no. <laughs> like, Taco Bell's, we're concerned with freshness, and we best get this out the door. <laughs> well, I'm saying if they're wanting to get out the door, you know, maybe you wrap it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, one, we'll, less, we'll set it one less thing to clean. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Um, um, yeah, he was just talking about how uh, I, I think he said that his uh, colon hurts now he's been thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you get that checked out, CJ, be pleasant to your doctor. Right. <laughs> it might go on your chart. <laughs> They're sure <Exactly>. noted. <laughs> we also got a uh, another uh, <clears throat> we got another uh, five star iTunes review. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And it was from someone, uh, Cow Milk, who hmm. I had seen that name before because that person also follows us on Podbean. Okay. Um, and so I, I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, I recognize that. I wonder if it's anybody that's reached out to us before. Mm-hmm. But obviously that's like a, you know, I, I don't know what the real name is behind that yeah, one. Yeah. But it was a it was a very nice review. Okay. Um, mostly. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. It was five stars, like I said. The person okay. said, uh, for, this is how it started, for erections lasting longer than four hours, uh-huh. listen to an episode of this podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we're, we kill boners. Um, <laughs> See, I I can relate to that. Um, well, we killed a lot of your boners. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that. I think having an erection lasting four hours mm-hmm. is a lot like listening to Steve's recap. <laughs> it's like you're enjoying it and everything, but by God, you want it to be finished. <laughs> That's fair. Um, the, the... I thank you for not finishing yourself off, though, when I'm <laughs> reading. <laughs> And if you do, I thank you for doing it discreetly. <laughs> so, like, in your version, that would just be, like, blurting out his, uh, his uh, score and his MVP and then leaving. <laughs> Three slices! Three slices! Oh, yeah! Rose. <laughs> so, anyways, um, but then the cow milk did go on to say, I joke. I freaking love your podcast nice, and enjoy experiencing the show through your perspectives. Thank you. Thank you so much for the entertainment. So, like I said, a very nice overall um, yeah. review. Actually, it's quite hilarious. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't see any part of it that's not positive. No, I, I agree. Um, so, anyways, uh, but now into uh, the recap, because like Brent uh, alluded to, I'm doing the recap this week. Yes, uh, you are. Season 4, episode 26, We're Out of Here, part 2, much as the last week's episode, original air day, May 13th mm-hmm. of uh, 89. Correct. Written by Kathy Spear and Terry Grossman, and once again directed by Terry Hughes. They had more writers last time. Yeah, um, I, this time they only mentioned the two. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, they were giving more credit to the writers of the original mm-hmm. um, ones before. Maybe the, the underlying episodes came from these same two writers, so they didn't Maybe. have to. Yeah, it Maybe. could be. Um, that would definitely save a little um, typing. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of thing a sixth straight podcast would look into. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing I didn't mention in the last episode is that at the very end of the episode, it just says... Or did say uh, to be continued later tonight or something like oh, yeah. that. So then I'm assuming they had a, a break. But I don't know if they had just a, a commercial break or if there was like a show in between. Mm. And that's how they got to stick around. 
It could be. My guess is there's a commercial break. They probably break it up for syndication purposes because yeah. then they can still show it in reruns mm-hmm. and times when they don't have yeah. you know, well, like an yeah. hour slot. So. I assume just a talking animal trying to sell people tacos or beer. Yeah. <laughs> and then they came back well, to Well, I've seen the tactic before where they're like, oh, there's a pilot or something coming out. Oh, sure. And they'll try to say, oh, stick around for the next episode, but you got to watch this first. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You never know. It could have been any of many Maybe it was an empty nest. Yeah. <laughs> I think they already failed on their attempt at a pilot for that, although luckily it did go on to a mm-hmm. to an excellent own, show in its uh, own right. Yeah. A Paul Dooley less version. Yeah, that's true. That that is the one big misstep of the actual uh, empty nest series. It truly is. I think like my two biggest gripes, not enough Paul Dooley, not enough Coco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Coco uh, did leave us too early. Mm-hmm. He did. Again. So, uh, getting into the episode, though, we have a uh, scene one. Uh, we start off in the kitchen with Dorothy grappling with the bombshell from last episode. That, mm-hmm. uh, in case you uh, missed it, Blanche is planning to sell the house, and they will all need to hit the bricks. Correct. Rose attempts to confirm that it uh, what is eating Dorothy's goat. And Dorothy uh, <laughs> tells her that she's upset because Joe Piscopo didn't get the lead in Brain Man. Mm-hmm. Which I think, um, would you consider uh, Dustin Hoffman or Tom Cruise to be the lead in Rain Man? Uh, I would say, I mean, I guess he's, yep. No, yeah, it's Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Because he's the titular character. He's the Rain Man. Oh, okay, fair enough. I Um, think definitely Tom Cruise. (laughs) Definitely. definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Um, Joe Piscopo also got John Goodman's slot on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I think you had mentioned that last time, which I think we agreed that on the one hand, that's a big loss Mm -hmm. for uh, Saturday Night Live, but a, a big win for all the other shows that exactly. got his services instead. Exactly. I think John Goodman is probably, you know, America's greatest unsung hero. His greatest? Guys, I mean, I think he's a great unsung hero, but I don't know if I <laughs> could go as far as say the greatest unsung hero. I just think that he doesn't get the respect he deserves. Don't you think that Paul Dooley gets less respect than John Goodman? I think Paul Dooley was nominated for an Oscar or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair. Was he? I, I think that. so. I'd like to think so. Do you guys have a favorite uh, John Goodman role? Uh, well, you go first. I mean, I really liked him in uh, oh the um, was Walter Sobchak in the Big Lebowski. No, I, I mean yes, yes, that, that, that was a great role. That wasn't what was coming to mind. The one that was coming to mind was the one with the George Clooney in it. Uh, oh, brother, where art thou? Oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed his role great, in that. The well. Cyclops, right? Yep, um, mm-hmm. he was great in that, and of course as Dan, um, he uh-huh. was you know great on Roseanne. I thought you were going to say the one where he had the wife named Wilma and the, the best friend Barney. Just the struggling. You're like, Flintstones? I'm like, no. That doesn't sound right. He played a character named Fred. Uh, he had like a dinosaur for a pet, something yeah. like that. That's one of my favorite Norm MacDonald jokes. It's like, Flintstones, that's a surname you don't hear a lot anymore. <laughs> Seriously. Um, See, I like all those. Uh, True Stories, he was in that. And I love oh, okay. that movie, and I loved him in it. You know, I love when he talks about his panda bear shape. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, anyway, uh, Sophia comes in from the garage, much to Dorothy and Rose's surprise, as it is past 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. When questioned about it, Sophia says she stuffed pillows under her sheets so she could sneak out and ask, what is this, Stalic 17? Mm-hmm. Which brings us to the death of the deep dive. Um, mm-hmm. These guys are not... Displaying surprise because they heard this the first time that we were. I actually am arranging a petition to keep oh, the deep right. dive going. <laughs> well, so far twenty five signatures, <laughs> really? all, all heads all, of state. Oh, I was going to say all your own. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um. I signed it differently though. I tried to use different handwriting. So, 
Well, I think that, you know, last season for sure, you know, I think I had done like four episodes prior to last season. Or this season, I should say. And it's like this the point at where Steve and I differ. Uh-huh. Like you say, you're like, oh, I'm getting rid of the, the deep dive. And mm-hmm. Steve's like, I'm going to change.org. And, <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm like, I'm going to Kickstarter. I'm going <laughs> to raise some money to, <laughs> to convince me. To start my own deep dive. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you figure there's a there's an opening there in the deep dive community. Exactly. <laughs> so like every time you do a recap an episode going forward, I'm just going to throw in a little blurb. It's like, don't forget to check out my deep dive podcast. <laughs> Well, it does though premiere the uh, new the new segment, uh, uh-huh. Alan's Puddle Jumps, or uh, <laughs> some, <laughs> something of that nature. Because uh, I will talk a little bit about things. Um, like I said, after listening to several of my deep dives, they're just uh, they tend to just be a lot of me reading things, and I don't mm-hmm. think it's the best part of our podcast. I think uh, you used the word "droll" last time potentially. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they kind of drone on, and maybe that's what you say. Yeah. And then the whole time, smooshing information. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, and as you guys are like commenting in, like the whole time I'm thinking, like, okay, I need to get back into it, so that I'm not even participating you get deeper. that much. You want to get deeper yeah. into the dive? Well, I want to get through you... it. Is the problem? <laughs> so, anyways, but just, I will still. You're not just interested so thoroughly that you need to just get back to it to to, to spill the facts, <laughs> right? His brain can only hold so many outlanding tidbits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, Stalag 17. Uh-huh. It's a 1953 American drama war film, which tells the story of a group of American airmen mm-hmm. uh, confined with 40,000 prisoners in a World War II German prison camp, mm-hmm. prison of war camp, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere on the Danube. Mm-hmm. Uh, their compound holds 630 sergeants representing many different air crew positions, but the film focuses on one particular barracks, uh, where the men come to suspect that one of their number is an informant. Which number seventeen? Nope. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it is. Uh, it's based on uh, the experiences as prisoners in Stalag Seventeen, adapted uh, the screenplay from a, a Broadway play of the same name, and the play was written by uh, Donald Bevan mm-hmm. and uh, Edmund Zinsky, uh, mm-hmm. based on their experiences <clears throat> in Stalag Seventeen B in Austria. Was the Broadway play a musical? Uh, I bl- I mean, it was a Broadway play, but it, it does not say specifically. Mm-hmm. So. I think most Broadway stuff, at least nowadays, are musicals. Um, I think most World War II stuff is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, but I do not know if it was. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, it could also be referring to the uh, 1973 uh, reggae rhythm, Stalag 17, composed by uh, Ansel Collins and named after the film. Mm. So, I, you know, you never know. Um, Money, Money, Boston's broke up today. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. So that that is my. Uh, how long were they together? Forty years. Wow. Forty years, yeah. man. Guess how many albums they released in forty years? Two. Eleven. Eleven. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Not a very productive run. Yeah, for I was the Mighty kinda, Boss Tones, especially was, how many people they had. Oh, <laughs> I know. Like, you would have think that just in, with their new, like their rotation of band members, they would have put out more, uh-huh. you know, material. But well, how long were the, the albums? Were they like four or five hour, like mega marathons? <laughs> Thirty-five minutes, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so many trombone solos you can have. <laughs> right. That's the impression I get. Very nice. Very nice. So uh, going back into the episode, uh, Rose tries to interpret a very abstract dream Sophia had, saying, mm-hmm. uh, "That's a tough one." Mm-hmm. Um, and the dream that Sophia had mentioned was that she dreamed that uh, Dorothy was putting her back into a home. Yeah. Uh, um, and Sophia begs Dorothy now to send her back to Shady Pines. Mm-hmm. At that point. Uh, Blanche walks in, and after being accosted by Sophia, she sits down and seeks the advice of her other housemates. Mm -hmm. Uh, This brings us to the first 
clip of the episode where uh, Rose is debating on going away with not Miles to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. The girls tell Rose to get her groove back and take mm-hmm. a crack at victim number two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the kitchen, Dorothy discusses uh, banging, the divorce <laughs> <laughs> banging the divorce lawyer and the unfortunate combo of age and gravity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to go to the Bahamas, get some sand in that clam, bring back a pearl. Oh, that's, that's one of the dirtier things I think you've ever said. And I, I think it was wonderful. I think he said many dirtier things than that. They just... Uh, have been while you're doing a recap, so you're not focused on oh, his dirty yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. And normally they have to do with priest. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we come back. Dirty or sad, Alan? Dirty or sad? Well, they can be both. <laughs> <laughs> I just put them under the umbrella. Honest. <laughs> <laughs> he just puts it out not there Miles, and Brent knocks it out. <laughs> not, not Miles does live, though. Yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> does he though? He's never seen from again. That's true, yeah. He's, because uh, <laughs> that, doesn't he go back to his wife? Yeah, I think so. Um, something like, or does he? He's like, oh, no, no, his wife is dead. His wife was it, that wasn't who went back to his wife. The the um, the, the impotent Ernest, yeah, Ernest, yeah, he's yeah. the one who goes back to his wife. Yeah, um, I, I, I think we're under the impression that Rose and not Miles continue their tryst, but mm-hmm. yeah, never develops yeah. until, until he becomes Miles, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So. She meets his brother or something, his cousin, yeah. maybe. Something mm-hmm. along those lines. I like Harold Gould, though. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad they brought him back in a different role. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, we come back to the present, and Rose is talking about getting teabagged by an imaginary cow <laughs> while Blanche <laughs> continues to agonize over the decision of selling the house. Uh, she, too, likes that cow milk. Right. <laughs> uh, well done. Um, <laughs> After some histrionics by Blanche, uh, Sophia brings up all the performances that have happened at the house, which leads us into another clip package. In these clips, uh, Rose and Blanche are practicing for a talent show tap dancing routine. Sophia mm-hmm. is uh, singing for her supper about Medicare. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose's chicken does her best Jerry Lee Lewis impersonation. And the foursome treat us to a Miami anthem that is cuter than an inner uterine. Mm-hmm. So. I think that is very nice. I, I think that's maybe my favorite performance thing on the show to this yeah, point. I would say um, that, and I would give a close second though to, um, you know, Blanche and Rose's two thirds of a tap dance routine. Now, now, do you mean the one where they do it without Dorothy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then they're like, "Take it, Dorothy." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and just how just committed like, they are to the bit, like, right? <laughs> you know, like looking side by side with her. You know, fingers on their chins. Right. It's right. just really, really good. You need to keep the uh, performance up, you know what I mean? Exactly. They're going to need that when the uh, performance is live. Exactly. exactly. So. Phoning it in. <clears throat> so we, uh, that takes us into scene two. Okay. Um, after an apparent commercial break, we return to the present as the girls continue to discuss the uh, impending sale. Mm-hmm. Sophia tells the girls of her father winning the Vatican from the esteemed Pope Ronnie the Magnificent in a mm-hmm. card game. Yeah. Uh, not a real person, by the way. <laughs> um, I did look it up to see if there was by any chance ever a Pope Ronnie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's not one that I could find anyway. Maybe he was excommunicated because of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Losing the Vatican, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> It's a Uh-oh. horrible euphemism, but all right. <laughs> uh, they consider ordering a meal from the Eight Lucky Buffet. Did you say nice? <laughs> did you say euphemism or euthanism? <laughs> I said euphemism. <laughs> now, now here where you just said nice about my Eight Lucky Buffet uh-huh. is that because you didn't mention it at all the first time around, and then I had to bring it up. I just remembered something about it from last time was funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, in case anybody. Uh, 
is interested. The Eight Lucky Buffet is this uh, weird buffet down in the Greenwood. It's actually in southern Indianapolis, mm-hmm. I guess, but real close to the border between the two cities. And they sell like barbecue, mm-hmm. pizza, chicken, mm-hmm. Chinese food. It, it's this one yeah. place that sells, it seems like, 10 different types of food. Mm-hmm. And that's it, what. Didn't the, we talk about isn't it closed now or something I else? I think it may be closed or it may have turned into a different, different restaurant. Type of at this restaurant? Point. Yeah. But I always thought about it. I never tried eating there mm-hmm. um, because I just figure if you're doing 10 different kinds of food, <laughs> you can't be doing any of them very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, Pick a lane. Yeah. It always looked like Blucky Buffet. Yeah. One of the weirdest things is like I was driving, I don't remember why, we were driving back home from something one time and they had a ton of like tuner cars, like straight out of like Fast and Furious up in their parking lot. And I remember like, rubbernecking it to see what the heck was going on up there. <laughs> it's like, why Why are there, like, 30, like, souped-up, like, Japanese cars? Right. <laughs> so a tuner car. like tuner, Oh, basically a tuner car is just uh, a stock car, like you buy mm-hmm. like a Honda or, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like a Toyota uh, Camry. Yes, okay. Toyota Camry, you get that. Okay. Uh, but then you throw a bunch of, like, uh, aftermarket parts on it make it real fast mm. or at least look like it's fast mm. like a Sophia's Choice podcast sticker that's right <laughs> <laughs> maybe, Actually, a, maybe a fin on the back for no real reason because uh, gotcha. still only going 55 that's actually just the way he says tuna. <laughs> Tuner car uh-huh. and Honda <laughs> things like that Honda <laughs> Did I say Honda? Yeah, you kind of did, but I think you just trailed off a little bit. Honda. (laughs) It's not his fault he learned English from Medea films. (laughs) Right. (laughs) If I said tuna, it's only because you remind me of Jim right now. Oh, okay. Thanks. Um, So anyway, all these meal options, Eric, considering leads Mm -hmm. Sophia to mention the other crazy things they have done, uh, which leads us to our next clip package. Okay. In this group of clips, we start out with Sophia finding the girls in jail for selling cats, <laughs> um, but not bailing them out so that she can go see Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do get a Burt Reynolds appearance as part of this clip, which was a nice little bonus. Mm-hmm. Uh, selling cats again. Yes. Very funny. Yeah, selling cats is a euphemism I found for prostitution. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's definitely one I'm going to try to work into my life in other ways. too. Mm-hmm. Not prostitution, just the term. <laughs> <laughs> selling cats. <laughs> Hey, old so and so sold any cats lately? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It would be great too because someone would not probably get catch on right away. Yeah, at least not immediately. So So this is followed by a clip of a Dorothy practically giving her wares away thanks to an errant want ad placed by Rose. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is one of my favorite little gags uh, that they had done in the show. The bit about you know how many drachmas in eight dollars cracks me up every time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the final clip is of Blanche trying to fool Rose into believing a recently bought stuffed bear is her 50-year-old childhood heirloom, Fernando. Yeah. Um, which, I you know, Ski really enjoys that part where uh, Rose takes charge and kicks that girl out. Yes, uh, that was my favorite, actually, I think, of the episode. She says, life's not always fair, grabs the bear, and in one, like, solid movement, throws the kid out the door and slams it, and then, like, hugs it and grins, and all girls are real proud of her. Yeah, it's a well done. It's a well done uh, scene by Rose in general. Um, I, I do like that. Maybe one the cleverest too. thing she's done on the show, actually. Yeah, up to that point, perhaps. Um, mm-hmm. Although there was that Blanche Rose Rose Blanche thing that she did. That, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Spin, so. um, we come back to the kitchen for the uh, fateful decision, only to find out that the investor had went on a spending bender and no longer wanted the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girls are all relieved and have a, a group hug to close out the episode. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, I thought that the all the things they say that the the investor bought it was like a mall and a pretty it, big dollar items. Yeah, it was a lot of things where I'm thinking even if he was going to overpay for this house, if he could afford all these other things, it doesn't <laughs> seem like it would preclude him from taking the house <laughs> yeah. too. Um, Unless he's decided to get a, a bigger house. Yeah, that could be. Maybe he overpaid for the mall as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> and now he's just a little strapped. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's you know, paying Castleton Square prices for Washington. <laughs> <laughs> what happens is he didn't realize the tax was going to be so big. Uh, and he's like, oh, I really can't afford that house now. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's nice to meet a real estate baron who actually pays his taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he was foreign, so he probably That's didn't true. know. <laughs> that is true. Um, but yeah, so that, that ends our uh, our two-part episode there. Yeah. Um, so this is the part of the episode where I ask, you know, what was your favorite line, Alan? Uh, let's see. In this particular one, I, I, I would say the my favorite line of this one was my selling cats line. Okay. That's good. <laughs> um, I didn't think there was any great original line in yeah. this one. Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed all the clips, and I like the clip shows in general. To an extent, um, yeah. I, I can't rate them super high, but yeah. but but all the clips are, are good clips and have have solid lines in them. Yeah, I'm sticking with uh, how many drachmas and eight dollars. Yeah, that's solid for sure. I think I think my favorite line was that life's not always fair. It's just the, uh, the uh-huh. scene more than the line, I guess. But who was that young actress again? Was that Ryan? Jenny Lewis? Oh, Jenny Lewis. Yeah, okay. from Rilo Perry. Okay, mm-hmm. and Troop Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and other things. Very Merry Christmas. Oh, is that a Bill Murray Christmas? Yeah, it's so good. Have you watched it? No, I haven't seen oh, it. Oh man, you should watch it now. I mean, you can watch it any time of the year, and it's just like it's. Is it on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, it's always available. So. So if you had to choose between that and the Jug Brown, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, yeah. Um, in all honesty, I would go with the Very Murray Christmas. Um, at wow. this stage, just because it's something that, I don't know, it just it's one of those things that like. Like Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, I have previous attachments to it from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And then my wife has movies, you know, from when she was a kid that she's attached to. And we watch all of those together and everything. Right. But A Very Merry Christmas is the one that we discovered together. Oh, that's sweet. So that it's like our thing. Mm-hmm. So so that's why I would go with it. Now, it's funny because here we are a month after Christmas, more than that by the time this is dropping. Um, and we're talking about Christmas movies. But if uh, my favorite is a Christmas story, mm-hmm. and yeah. I just recently saw that they're going to make a Christmas story too. Yeah, um, what? And this yeah. be like the fifth one, I think total. Something like that. But, but this, this one, is like yeah, with Ralphie grown up, the yeah. actual Ralphie. Mm. Yeah, I'm sorry. I the same. Oh no, no, you're same fine. actor. Yeah. 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 So I mean, I think he'll be basically playing the dad. I mean, he'll, he's playing himself, or not himself, mm-hmm. but the same character. Mm-hmm. But he'll be a dad at this point. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I know that the actor that played his dad is. Darren McGavin. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's passed, but um, yeah. I don't know how they'll integrate it. I'm, I'm, I can't say that I'm real optimistic about it, uh, but my concern is I'll whenever there's a classic, watch. a lot of times mm-hmm. they'll try to recapture the magic and mm-hmm. they'll end up kind of torpedoing it instead. Mm-hmm. Well, they've got um, so like Julie, so the lady who played his mom, Melinda Dillon, mm-hmm. like she's retired and she's not coming Interested, back. Yeah, one. yeah. Uh, but Julie Haggerty is going to play his mom. Oh, nice. Who, who I really like and everything. Um, so I'm on board, but I guess it sort of deals with like you know him making peace with his dad who dies and everything oh, as well, okay. so sort of stuff. But like Darren McGavin, like so for the longest time, you know, I, I kind of knew him from you know Billy Madison, but mm-hmm. mainly from Christmas Story because that's another one that we watch every single year at least sure. once, sometimes more. 
so big Darren McGavin fan, but I recently started watching uh, Kolchak the Night Stalker. Oh, okay. And he's the lead in that. He's Kolchak. And it's so amazingly good. Like, it is stone-cold, legit genius. Um, it's so amazingly good. and But he's in that, and it's just odd to see him not as the dad, oh, you know? Okay. Like, and he, he plays it totally different. But every once in a while, he'll get excited, like, ha or something like that. <laughs> it's like, I know that. And there was one point where, like, he got punched or something, and he made, like, the little grunt he makes when she drops the bowling ball on his groin. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, Darren McGavin has range, but he also has a few ticks. <laughs> What's that called again? Kolchak, the Night Stalker. Now, what is the premise of the show like is he so he works for um okay so in the first movie okay he's in las vegas and he's investigating a vampire and then in the second movie nice he's in stalker, seattle yeah. and it's a um a serial killer that oh, okay. he's investigating he's a newspaper man oh, okay? okay and then after the two movies then it became a tv show like an hour long thing mm-hmm. and in that he's headquartered in chicago uh working for like like the associated press but this is called like the independent news service oh, or okay. whatever and he's just investigating you know werewolves and a lot of native american burial grounds mm-hmm. and different things like that kind and like x files type yeah, show yeah, yeah and so and Darren McGavin later popped up on the x files playing like the FBI agent who started the X Files back in the fifties. It's That's sort of like really an cool tie-in to his Kolchak character, but really... it's so good. Like every episode, like the movies were both really good and like very creepy and everything. Mm. And then some of the episodes are just really creepy. Like I don't get scared or anything. Well, sure, but, but yeah. I'm like, oh wow, that's really clever. But it only lasted a season, twenty episodes, and I'm. 15 episodes in, so I've got five more to go. Some of those that are, like, short-lived are actually some of the best. Yeah, but it it even, you know, three-fourths of the way through its single season, it's starting to run on fumes. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> like, I think they've gone back to, like, the vampire well twice, oh. and, um, like, the, the werewolf <laughs> as well twice, and, like, two different, like, Native American curses have shown up. <laughs> it's, it's just really... Everybody gets two, all right? <laughs> after, after that, you gotta cut it out, guys. Yeah. So, but it's an amazingly good show. I'll probably have to check it out sometime. Yeah. I mean, I have such a long list of things. We're right now we're finishing up. I think we have one episode left of uh, the first half of season four of Ozark. Okay, um, I think it'll be the final season of that. Yeah. Is what I read. But I heard it's ending. Yeah. I don't know anything. But it's weird because they're doing this this last season in two separate parts. So we're almost through the first part, but they have not announced when the second half of the season is going to come out. Um, and then I know that there's been a few other shows we've talked about. We were also watching the show Dark. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch that on Netflix? Mm-hmm. It's a pretty solid show. Um, What's that about? Kind of hard to explain, but basically there's some sort of like time travel aspect to it, but where these people, these kids disappear at a certain time, but then like 30 years later the same uh, pattern is repeating itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, you know, there's... Like, like on It? Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I suppose, you know, in a way. But, so, would you say it's good enough to make a podcast about? <laughs> well, it's three seasons and it's already done, so I don't know if it. Yes. Uh, although, I guess short and sweet. So is Golden Girls. <laughs> Real quick, as a side note, one of the recurring episodes on, or recurring characters on Kolchak is um, I can't remember his name. Um, and it's um, uh, the guy um, Udge. 
Um, Tiburel? Eddie. <laughs> the, the sexual animal. Ah. Oh, okay. You um, mean from like the Golden Girls. Piglet. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, Piglet. Um, he plays um, the mortician, Gordy the Ghoul. Oh, very nice. And he has a pool that he runs, a gambling pool, mm. and you throw in five bucks and you draw a number. And if your number corresponds with the time of death of the last person who comes in that day, you win the prize pool. Oh, very nice. <laughs> That's the Deadpool then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Did you ever watch the show Grimm by chance? Mm-hmm. No. Did you watch it at all, Ski? Uh, no. It was, a, it was a good show. It was kind of similar-ish to those types of things. Was, where it, was it similar to the uh, Once Upon a Time show? Not exactly, but I mean a it's little. It's still like based on fairy tale type stuff, right? Yeah, but it's it's based on like the grim type uh, fairy tales and grim type monsters. Um, and the idea is there's a the main character. Uh, he has kind of like a site where he everybody looks normal to most people, but mm. if you're a grim, then you mm. can see that these people are actually these different, okay, you know, oh. werewolves or whatever. But they they Give use me a lot sight of beyond sight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> See, I'd avoided it because I thought it was like the gritty reboot of the Grimace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, when you say there's the a Grimace, market for that, are, are you talking about Grimace from McDonald's? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about Chester the A. Grimace. Uh, <laughs> President. Uh, it's where uh, Ronald is uh, peddling meth and. <laughs> Exactly, and Birdie don't fly that high anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she was strung out to begin with. Oh. Exactly. Hamburglers <laughs> steal like a little Major more Tom. than hamburgers now. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta make ends meet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only fried guys were the ones who <laughs> couldn't handle the dope. They're like the fried guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, Jonesing for that shamrock shake. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get my McRib. Exactly. <laughs> Have we already said what our uh, scores were and such? No, we haven't. Quite I'm, a six, <laughs> I'm a six and a half. What were you? Uh, I think I went with four on yeah. this one. How about you? Uh, I, I originally, similar to the last one, mm-hmm. I originally started with three and a half, bumped it to four and a half yeah. um, based on, on your convincing me the premise was better mm-hmm. than I originally Absolutely. gave credit for. And he got an extra half star because of Burt Reynolds. Oh, yeah, yeah, because that was where the original extra half came from. Yeah. Good old so, Bert. Yep. I went with Rose. Who'd you go with? I went with Rose as well. Yeah. And I said Sophia for this one. Okay. I can see that. So, I can see that. Solid episode um, yeah. for, uh, you know, I try to base it more on what happened during the the original parts of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But obviously that, that's slim pickings overall for, for a clip show. Yeah. Uh, but but I thought Sophia. It was probably not bad to watch the night of like, oh, when yeah. it came out because you got oh double golden girls oh yeah certainly, oh, yeah. certainly. exactly I'm staying up an extra 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> had to get the coffee brewed and everything uh, <laughs> to make it through that other extra slice of cheese <laughs> yeah exactly so, yeah I think uh, I think we covered all the bases and everything I think so any how last much, comments folks uh, how much quicker was recording two than recording one uh, this one, it took just about 40 minutes at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. And, and I actually tried to bump it out a little bit. Some yeah. of, you know, I mean, I wasn't necessarily trying to, but, yeah. you know, I, I engaged the conversation gotcha. a little bit because we were going to be running closer to 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 in Ski's second recap, we were able to shave off a solid two and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't, know. <laughs> I didn't know how much time we'd hey save. Hey, now, bonus right. content is all I'm saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, you never know. Maybe someday those poor recordings will be available on our Patreon. <laughs> <But> <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. What, what else do you want to pay for, Alan, besides <laughs> right. really crappy audio? I mean, that's... Peter Jackson will use his restoration techniques to <laughs> pull Minsky's audio back into it. Right. Well, we, um, Remastered is what that's called. Yeah, yeah. Ski and I were talking about because not only did we have the issue with the recordings, but then there was also some uh, some other health-related issues that came up that caused us to really be unsure if uh, if this was going to be... You know, if we were going to have time to do this recording or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so Ski and I were kind of tinted. Well, well Brent says, because Brent was like, well, in case I'm not able to come, you guys can use my notes. And I'm like, <laughs> no, fuck that. We're not going to do a regular episode <laughs> using your notes from it. We would butcher it, by the way. Because <laughs> I, I had like four scripts down here that they could use. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, you're, you're the heart of the show. We can't do it without you. Um, but I was like, well, if we needed to stick something out there, I was thinking, okay, well, maybe we'll play a Golden Girls game with mm-hmm. the wives or something like oh, that, okay. just so we had something to stick out there. Gotcha. So that's still a possibility. But mm-hmm. if we never need to dip into that well, I think that'd be prime, um, mm-hmm. prime Patreon material. I think it'd be a fun thing to do. Like if we, like you said, if we don't ever need it as a backup plan, mm-hmm. it'd be a fun thing to do near the end of uh, season seven or something. Yeah, I agree. Um, we and I talked about throwing those kind of things in at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's something you would like to hear, if you'd mm-hmm. like to hear a non-episode episode, yeah. um, definitely let us know. Yeah. Pat our numbers to get up to an even 200. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that. I like a nice round number. Yeah, so. exactly. You're nothing if not full figure yeah. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know Earlier what? Earlier you are going on about how you were large and erratic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> you were talking about your little wavy lines uh, on okay. your fancy headset thing. <laughs> I may be large, but I'm pretty steady. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were waving your arms when you said it. Right. <laughs> it just amused me at the time. Anyways, um, but yeah, if... Uh, the thing is, though, is if we end up going with your uh, desire to add Golden Palace on at the end, we'll mm-hmm. easily exceed 200 episodes. Yeah. Do you guys know so how many episodes of that there were? 130. No, there was like... <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> there was like one season, probably 23 to 25, somewhere in there. Yeah. Kind of like a standard Gold Girls mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, it would basically be like the eighth season, if you gotcha. will. So. And that's why I think it should be counted. Mm-hmm. Well, fair. Um, I, I would definitely take it... Uh, I'll definitely strongly consider it as we start to near... You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to be kicking off season five here soon. So. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks from today. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, yeah, for whenever you people listen to this. <laughs> right. <laughs> you people. <laughs> so. All right. Well, there's nothing left to say except stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.